Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Move Forward Anyway podcast, featuring dream-accelerating inspiration. I'm Jeff Meyer, your host, author, entrepreneur, and coach. My goal with this podcast is to help you identify and clarify your own dream by taking wisdom from others' successes and challenges. If you're looking to take action on your dream, to make a difference doing something you love, but your fears are holding you back, then this podcast is for you. If you're interested in finding additional support, you can also check out my Dream Accelerator coaching program designed to help realize your full potential and reshape your future. As always, you can learn more about my Dream Accelerator program at jeffmeyer.org. Using my Dream Accelerating formula, heart-centered entrepreneurs can focus on their dream, name their fears, change their mindset, define their next, and move forward anyway. Welcome back, fellow successful dreamers. It's good to be with you again, another episode of the Move Forward Anyway podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. I am incredibly uh, excited to talk to my cousin, my brother from a different mother, and our mothers happen to be related. It's pretty cool. Uh, you may remember another episode with Adam Griffin uh, a little bit ago. This is his brother, Ben Griffin, the powerhouse Griffin family. And I am so honored to be able to talk to Ben today. Ben, brother, thanks for joining me. It's good to see you. Why don't you introduce yourself and let us know about your family, about where you're at. Um, just Introduce yourself, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Honored to. And just throw in there, since we got that family connection, if anybody wants some dirt on Jeff, I'm, I'm your guy. So just shoot shoot a message. Plenty of dirt, right? I might not know it all, but I know who to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, um, I'm i in the Twin Cities, Minnesota. It's The weather is just beginning to change here. So we're seeing all the leaves fall and start to cool off. And that's kind of a fun time of year, too. But um we, uh, I've been a pastor for almost 20 years now, and uh, in that time, God has uh, led me, not the most traditional path, but I was, uh, I was an associate pastor at a church doing outreach stuff and, and had the job of kind of building a community within a community of the church. Then God launched us out to start a church. That church started churches in the 10 years that I was there, which was uh, a real blessing. And then for the last four going on five years, I've been working with an organization called Link, L-I-N-C, where we're really in many ways the kingdom startup business. We want to see everyone uh, in the cities that we work in experience the gospel in terms they can understand from someone they know. And what we've, and maybe I'm diving past the get to know me part. So tell me oh, if it's I'm awesome, man. Just jump in. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so we've, we've, we've learned the best way to do that is to find those dreamers. A lot of uh, what you're doing and accelerating is to find those people. God has put a, a dream on their heart and uh, to encourage, uh, equip, empower them to do what God has called them to do. So that has us doing some really fun stuff here in the Twin Cities. So not only, well, we're all practitioners too. So I've got some things that I've been working on, but but we've got somebody starting a home for victims of sex trafficking. We've got churches that are launching in many different ethnic communities. We got a guy who's praying about starting a laundromat with uh, with uh, the heart of it being a community as a connection place for the gospel of Jesus and and just dozens of other things, micro school movement and beyond. Uh, it's just a real joy to be a part of 
how do we reach a community? We find those leaders and uh, just come alongside them. So one of our key phrases with Link is uh, no leader walks alone. And mm. so we don't, we don't know it all. We go to people like Jeff uh, to, uh, to learn things, the things we don't know, but we, uh, we do promise that we're going to be with the people we work with every step of the way. And, and that's what we do. So I am, I'm so interested to dive into this with you because yeah. we share this kind of DNA and I, not only DNA, uh, family DNA, but that'd be interesting to explore. Like where did the, where did this generative entrepreneurial spirit yeah. come from in our DNA? Yeah. Is it grandpa? Is it, was it before know. grandpa? It would be interesting. Those raiding Vikings in our past. <laughs> the, uh... Raiding Vikings. <laughs> I was just in Prague and just outside of Prague was uh, Mukov. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Czech Republic, Mukov, where the Muko family was. I don't know wow. if you even know this, but uh. the Muko family was there. They were exiled to northern Germany, Stettin, Germany, in the late 1400s because they were raping and pillaging travel uh, trade route people. And so they kicked them out of Mukov. And that's so we thought we're from Germany, but we actually have roots on Sarah, Sarah Mukov, your grandma, my grandma have roots in the Czech Republic. Wow. Well, they were entrepreneurs of a different stripe. It sounds yeah. like. <laughs> That's exactly right. Wow. So you see those Capital One commercials, those old yeah. ones, you know, those ruffians out there with their swords and wearing all the furs going, what's in your wallet? That's our family, man. <laughs> Great. Great. Anyway, so somewhere along the line, we got converted and yeah. <laughs> we have this kingdom mindset, but yeah. But you and I share this um in the church space sometimes there's this mm -hmm. there's this conflict for us. Mm -hmm. And I've had to fight it my whole ministry. The expectation of a pastor is to take care of people who are in right. the building right. and be a chaplain. Right. And and any kind of movement to empower people to serve to go any kind of dream making um, spark gets kind of pushed down and you have to fight through it. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you've experienced that some, in some respects, although your ministry, you began with a kind of a launching right. part with your first church. And yeah. I don't know, I don't know what the question is in there. Um, maybe it's just to say, how have you seen that conflict internally with yourself? Yeah, well, there is pressure in ministry to be the shepherd, and we need those shepherds. Absolutely. Yes. The church needs them. Um, but as you've probably talked about multiple times before, there's a fivefold aspect, the apest, we call it apostle, mm -hmm. prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher. And uh, people often go, well, I just need you to shepherd me. And that's important. That's part of Part of being a pastor, part of the local church and the community is making sure shepherding is happening. But to neglect the other gifts mm. is huge. And the context where that comes from, Ephesians 4, it's not talking about pastors. It's talking about the church. The church. So when it says apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers, it's not saying the guys up front or the person, the, the person leading whatever. It's Has saying all. all of us yes. and that reflection. But the, but like anything, um, 
that just different gifts like that don't, don't always jive, but when they do, it's beautiful, like a body. So I, I'm more apostolic as I think you are on that side. Uh, and there is some shepherding in there, but it is, uh, it's something that uh, God has called me to, but it's, it's a more draining aspect where the apostle side is more energizing for me. And so I, I kind of think of us apostles as the mushroom eaters, like, and, and not in the bad way, but like this, like, how do you know if a mushroom tastes awesome or will kill you? Like, well, somebody's got to take a bite out of that thing. Somebody's right? got to try it. Yeah, yeah, somebody's got to try it. So this is how we take new territories. Somebody's got to go out and be that mushroom eater. And when it works great, follow us. And when it works bad, stay away. Stay away. Uh, and that's a part of the, that's a part of, of, of kingdom growth. And frankly, a part that I think is our, is our society is shifting and less and less away from uh, any sort of Christian root, the more important it is that that the apostles are celebrated and released in this in this new world uh, to mm. reach more people. I love that. Let's let's go with that. Celebrated and released. So yeah, all the people, all the entrepreneurs, all the dreamers yeah. that you're working with in the kingdom. How are you? How do you see? you and your organization link celebrating and releasing them. Yeah, that's great. Um, well, first off, what I have learned is that 51% of what we do, and maybe you've experienced this too, is just telling people that we believe in them and that yeah. we believe they can do it. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. for, so if you're out there with a dream and you're just going, I don't, I don't know, 51% of what we do is go, I think this could happen. And I think God's put you in the place to do that. Now we're with you to help figure out what that looks like. The other 49% is bringing in processes and strategies and networks and navigators to walk with you in the process. Mm -hmm. But more than half is just, hey, I think if God has called you to this, I believe in you. And I think you can do that. And we have all sorts of strategies. We, we, We work to develop the person to be the leader God's called them to be and do the things that they've called to do. So we also help develop the organization. And one of the ways we've done that is uh, the key way is one-on-one navigation. But as we've scaled as an organization, we've begun to capture those things in manuals. So we have one called the new start guide, which just walks you through how to develop and deploy. And then uh, down the road, we got a map to create some other things, how to maximize and multiply. Uh, So once you're on the ground, how do you take it to the next level? So take these things that we're doing uh, one-on-one, capturing them in a workbook form so that it can can echo out more. So it's repeatable. Yeah, it's scalable. Yeah. That's great. So 51% is just telling people they can do it. There is, there is, um, there is fear that every one of us encounter that mm-hmm. that helps us, that leads us to crave encouragement, right? Mm-hmm. And when I work with Dream Accelerator community, uh, my clients in the Dream Accelerator community, um, fear is so real. And when we touch on that and we help people evaluate where their fear is and help them flip the switch and, and turn fear into fuel to yes. launch them forward, um, right there's a down. spark that goes on. They're just like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that I was afraid. I didn't even realize how fear was being, um, how fear was covering over things like distraction or delay or doubt or discouragement. And then 
most of our conversations around fear, especially in the church, is if you really are a faithful person, if you are a courageous leader, you are not afraid. You have to get rid of fear. I believe that is a complete lie. Mm. And I believe that fear comes along with courage. Mm. Courage is not that which is absent of fear. They're kissing cousins. Where there is courage, there's going to be fear. So let's utilize that fear and turn it into fuel. It's it's one of the few renewable human resources we have at our disposal. And so we have this system to help people flip fear into a positive reframe powerful and move forward anyway. And that's the name of the podcast, right? So as you're thinking about this, tell me, help our audience identify some of the fear that you have seen in the people you've worked with, or even in your, your own, your own entrepreneurial story, how has fear uh, stirred up with people that are trying to do a new thing, especially in the kingdom, because there is an enemy that wants us to not move forward anyway. Yeah, He wants us to be afraid and to just shut down. So how have you seen that show up? That was a long way to get to that question. No, I'm well, I'm with you and I'm learning a ton. Thank you. Yeah, I've, I've seen that all over the place in myself and in others. And I think one key way is we tend to, um, we tend to measure God's presence with us on our level of comfort. Mm. Hey, things are going well. God's with me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, my ministry's flourishing in these ways and it's going easy. God must be with us. And, and yet that is not what the Bible teaches us. And that's not how the kingdom advances. Mm. And, and ironically, we have a society that chases comfort, but finds no contentment. Mm. And the truth is when we do what you're talking about, when fear is a fuel and we press forward into the things God's called us, challenging things, yeah. pressing into them. What we find is maybe discomfort, but what we do find is contentment when we're, especially when we're walking in the way ways of God. And I, I feel like we experience that in even the smallest ways. Like, it, like for me, if I don't work out in, in the morning, if I don't get that kind of push, like there, there is, uh, I, there is kind of, there can be a bit of a apathetic day versus mm-hmm. that push through a challenge in the morning. I don't really want to do it, but man, afterwards, I'm so glad. I feel like the calling is often the same way. So that, that's not super practical to an individual, but but that that's more ideologically what I've seen and experienced. Uh, more practically, I see people get caught up in the fear of provision. Well, if I do this, how am I going to survive, right? Yes. Uh, who's going to feed my family? Uh, uh, those, which, which, Amazingly enough, usually those people have more than enough once they step out. And and I'll just say this, when we have a dependence on God, uh, there is no better place to be. But if we're trying to, if we're trying to fix and get everything in place, it would like, we're really saying, God, I don't trust you. And that is not a great place to be. So I think that's one where I see people get hung up on. Uh, I see a fear of failure. Well, what if this doesn't go well? Um, But man, it, it isn't. Isn't that the road towards success? So something didn't work. That's okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, name a person that hasn't failed. Name a, name a, name a raging success that actually didn't come through the road of some failures on the way. So yeah. uh, the same thing is in, in our world as well. God uses those things to build and grow us. Yeah. Fear of failure. 
when there is no failure, it's just more information to be put into the the pool of information mm-hmm. to help guide you, to help guide you forward. Fear of yeah. lack of provision is huge. I hear that a lot. Yeah. Like, um, what, what, what happens if I risk this? What bad thing could happen? Well, yeah. I might not make it yeah. financially. I might not be able to provide for my family. But the flip side question is one that we rarely ask. What happens if I don't pursue this dream? Wow. Now that's a way to turn fear into fuel. Right. What happens if I don't do this? Well, then, then we hear things like regret mm. or I might miss, I might miss seeing something that God is calling me to. Cause yeah. so often we don't find the way until we walk, we start stepping into it. Right. That's so good. And so, so many people want to have it all mapped out before they take the first step. And that's just not the way it works. Oh man. And I, I mean, how many times have you mapped it out? And it literally is not the way it works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Almost every single time. Yeah. <laughs> and usually there's a pleasant surprise, you know, yeah. it, it might be a little jarring, but then you say, Oh, there was something so much better than I ever anticipated yeah. going this, this direction. So how have you encountered that fear in yourself and move forward anyway? What kind of support have you had around you that kept you going? I mean, I'm sure there were times when you just felt like maybe this wasn't supposed to happen. I just want to quit. It's not working oh, yeah. the way I want to. How did you keep moving forward anyway? Yeah, all the time. Uh, a, a deeper conviction of why. Like, I feel like when you have a why, it presses mm. through some of those more challenging times. So for me, when I look at the work we're doing with Link, hey, we want to reach everyone with the gospel, hear the gospel in terms they can understand from someone they know. But for me, my personal why is I want my kids' kids' kids to know Jesus. Mm. Um, I don't want them to be pillaging Vikings. <laughs> I want them to know Jesus. And and to me, everything we're doing is seeding the leaders of the future so that that will happen. So the, the overcoming fear comes from that deep-seated why I'm going to press through. Uh, I mean, I, I can't underestimate just the power of leaning on the Lord, dependence on him. Praying through Philippians 4 has been just a game changer for me when I've hit some of those moments of paralyzing anxiety or worry. Because we Philippians 4 is like one of those where it says... Uh, don't worry about anything. Right. And we're like, well, that's great. Like great command from God. It's like telling us to eat ice cream. What nobody, we all love it, but you know, like, yeah, it's like, don't be afraid. Good. But okay. How do I, how do I not worry? But then literally Philippians four tells us, don't worry about anything, pray about everything. And then it tells us how to pray, tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done, what he's done. So I've literally in the last couple months hit some moments where some things were overwhelming me and, and like, oh man, I'm, I'm feeling that anxiety. And then my wife, this is the other one, she, the person put in my life who has that encouragement. She goes, hey, worry is kind of an acceptable sin, isn't it? Like, isn't it just telling God you don't trust him? And it's just like dagger to my heart. Yeah, you're right. So I walked through Philippians 4 that, that night in particular, just prayed that, Lord, here's what I need. And it wasn't like, um, I need you to do this. It was more like, Lord, I need you to remind me that you're yes. our provider. I need you to show me your presence and your power. And I need you, you're the leader. Show me what, what's coming next. And then thanked him and remembered the ways he's done things like that in the past. And the end of that passage, 
and the peace of God, which transcends understanding. And that's, that guard is what, yeah, that night, that's what I experienced. That is, that's huge. Like God's word speaks and uh, can't underestimate how much uh, my wife has been a blessing because she speaks encouragement in moments of darkness that have been really helpful as well. Man, there's so much in there. So there's um, very tactically a use of scripture. Yeah. Um, that that's so relevant in that moment. Your wife has been yep. so important to help you move forward anyway. Um, I would say your children, watching them, mm. reminding you of the why as yep. they're now adult, they're adulting, yeah. Yeah, right? They and they're growing into their role and their dream <laughs> um, and their, their part in the kingdom and watching them flourish that way keeps you going. I, I remind my clients all the time of your why and your who. You got to be, you got to have your why and your who so clear mm. that, that when it gets really hard, you remember, okay, this is why I'm doing this. And here are all my who's yeah. they matter. And that's going to keep me going. It does. Um, I, I think in the church space, in my growing up, there's been so much emphasis on uh, Christians shouldn't worry. We shouldn't be afraid. Uh, God right. tells us not to worry about anything. Right. And I think it's short-sighted. I don't, I think yeah. the rest of the passage, like you just did for us, needs mm-hmm. to be included in that. Mm-hmm. And so in my book, I talk about how um, every time the Lord says, fear not, he yes. always attaches a promise to that. Mm-hmm. Fear not for I am with you. Yep. Be not afraid for I am your God, right? Yeah. So we've treated it as commands, like don't be afraid. Don't be anxious about anything. Just stop doing that. Stop doing that. Like stop eating ice cream. Like you just said, you shouldn't eat pizza every night. Okay. Well, I'm craving pizza all of a sudden. Yeah. So it's like a, it's a command, but I think it's, I don't know. I think it's more of an invitation. Yeah. I think it is. Like there is a life as you walk with me at the end of that passage where there will be peace of mind and there will be a heart that is comforted. Yeah. And that doesn't mean because you did that that one night that now suddenly anxiety and worry is completely eradicated. No. Mm-mm. This is a repeatable habit. Yep. That needs to become a part of our daily rhythms. Bingo. In order to move forward anyway. So thank you for that. I I I love the way that you helped us see that uh scripture is really relevant to our daily life. It's not just something that gets us ready for heaven. It helps us live life today. It is. And and I think it really becomes a habit. One of the definite, I mean, a habit, obviously when it happens all the time, but one of the signs for me that that is the case is when I find myself praying Philippians four in my, in my own dreams, in my sleep, like it's such a habitual place to go that even Mm. in, when you hit that spot in a, in a dream that, that causes stress, I find myself going to there. Wow. That's really cool. It's kind of like learning another language. Yeah. Yeah. They say you really yeah. learned it when you dream yeah. in German or you dream in yeah. whatever language yeah. you're learning, right? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really cool. So um, tell me a little bit about, I know you're very similar to me and you got all these little, got all these little things and some people yeah. look at it and think it's, they're all disconnected, but they're all connected in, in <laughs> your who and your why. Tell me some right. of the things you're you're doing right now. Besides, yeah, so doing I, I what have you the honor of, of leading Link, which is which is in my city, which is a great blessing. 
and getting to coordinate that and bless people. I also do consulting a little different, although some of the things are similar. I know you do some Oxano consulting. So some strategic consulting with uh, individuals and churches get to do that. Um, so much of my world is taking these best practices that are out there and then translating them to people who would never, you know, pay for or be able to access those. So that's a great joy in that for me as well. And then I'm doing a lot of leadership pipeline stuff with, uh, with Mac Lake. Um, but all of it is to build up the church to boost the kingdom work in our neighborhoods and our communities for the glory of God. Uh, Matt Peoples and I are working on a, a writing project right now called the Arrow Method, which is basically, you know, we've got a thousand, everybody tells us a thousand ways to solve the problems we have in our churches and our organizations. The Arrow Method is a simple way to go, hey, what's my best next step? So it basically helps you evaluate where you're at and just mm-hmm. figure out what to do in what order. And then we can go out and you know use the menu of the thousands of great thinkers out there to answer those questions. But sometimes we just walk through whatever somebody told us recently is what we're going to do, but it may not be the best thing for us. So, mm-hmm. so trying to trying to help the church be more efficient uh, in the in the work of the kingdom, so that more and more people know Jesus. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. So. Um... As you think about as you think about this, uh, your why and your who, and you think about um, moving forward anyway through fear, yeah. Um, share with me a little bit about how you and Kate, your wife, your your mm-hmm. beautiful bride, do this work together. Mm. Because a lot of people I work with in the entrepreneurial space. They want to be part of like the dream accelerator, but their their spouse is maybe not on board. And I keep saying, you you have to be a team. Yeah. How are you a team? Yeah, I appreciate that. And I, I mean, I could speak from personal struggle there too, because Kate is amazing and uh, and has such a heart for the Lord. I'm wired. A friend of mine calls me an eagle. I'm wired to be at 10,000 feet, flying ahead, looking ahead and flying solo. So I don't always do a good job of coming down and walking Mm. with. So that's something that, that we have grown in over the years. So in pastoral ministry, there's always a sharing of what was happening uh, verbally, but not necessarily a sharing of being, of being side by side. Um, And so for us, that has been a journey of growth and talking about those things and inviting into things and being purposeful, listening to her heart. uh, And, uh, and for me to kind of get kind of come out of the clouds a little bit and, uh, and, and be, be more, be more present. A big thing for us has been, yeah, exactly. A big thing for us has been opening our home up as well, which by for the very nature of being in our home has us both there together. Uh, so we have prayer nights. We've had people live with us. We've had, I mean, just part of our ministry has become more a part of our lives. And so that, that has helped a lot. So uh, I don't know if that speaks exactly to the, yeah. the piece there, but it, it's a growth journey for us. And, and a lot of that is just, is me not always, uh, coming out of the clouds and just kind of flying ahead and, and, uh, learning to do that more and more. Yeah. What are your biggest challenges right now? As you think about link, as you yeah. think about, um, 
2022, you're probably in the midst of kind of planning the year yeah. and, and some approach. What are your biggest challenges right now as a kingdom entrepreneur? Yeah, there's there's two of them, I would say. One is patience. Um, I don't know if you're like this, but when I see a desired future, I want it now and I want it today. And yes. right, and there is a patient. The Lord has actually been speaking to me very clearly about that, telling me to wait. In fact, the other day I was on an airplane and I was praying about that. And I was just like, okay, Lord, I know you're telling me to wait. And I opened my eyes. They had reset all the screens. They were having trouble with the screens. I opened my eyes and looked in front of me and the screen said, please wait, dot, dot, dot. And it was on every screen in the entire plane. So I'm praying like, okay, Lord, I'll wait. And I opened, okay, I got it loud and clear. All right, just wait on the Lord. And waiting is not a lack of activity, but waiting is, uh, there is a waiting with ex- expectancy uh, for, for kind of pressing into something. So, so that's one for me is the, is the waiting. Um, the other challenge uh, for me, and I, I, this is an ongoing challenge, just how I'm wired. So not everybody's going to relate with this, but I'm a doer but not always a developer. And so the challenge that God has really laid on me is uh, sometimes it's easier to just do something, but it's actually better as you grow. Because as as entrepreneurs, when we start, the first stage is just doing it, but you'll hit a block and every founder hits that. And you see it in even major organizations or corporations where if the founder doesn't change what they're doing on a daily basis, release it to others and develop others, you actually be the things you did before that were productive actually have the opposite effect. They become a, a choke. And so I'm I'm at a stage like that where I know I need to do some of the things I used to do less, but I love doing those things. And I want everybody to do them the same way that I did them. And that isn't realistic. So I'm in that transitional phase of release um, as our team and our ministry grows. I mean, we're working with 150 people right now, expecting that to be 200 by the end of the year. That's that's awesome. That doesn't scale with one person doing it. And so right. releasing that creates exponential impact, but it's a sacrificial step that I am learning as we go. It is sacrificial. Mm-hmm. because you can do it better than anybody else. So I think at times it, that's yeah. not really true. It's right? not true, but we think right. it. Yeah. And um, I get to ask this question all the time. When is the, do you have any guidance on when the right time is to share the load, to develop another, mm-hmm. to bring some, another teammate along when, what are some of the, the indicators that it's time yeah to entrust it to someone else on it, to grow your team. Yeah. What would you say to that? Well, I think from day one, there should be at least be somebody else beside you. And there's some good stuff. Yeah. From day one, there should be somebody, but there is a role. And what, what you'll see, and you've probably experienced this too, is as you grow, you wear a certain hat and you, you get something established. You need to constantly be looking for who takes this hat. And then you put on another one and then you put on another one. And, uh, Sometimes the answer to that is the person is here who I think can do it and you need to release sooner. Uh, Sometimes the answer to that is we're not doing things that I think God is calling us to do. Why is that? Okay, I need to release things. Um, So I think you it's hard to say. It's not an exact science, but I think you feel pain points along the way. Yeah. 
as Mac Lake will say about people development, he says, you choose your pain. Do you, do you want to, do you want to choose the pain today of slowing down to develop somebody or choose the pain tomorrow of hitting the wall? Yeah. Yeah. So I, that, that to me, when you start to feel those pain points, you should immediately be thinking, who do we develop that? I get right back to Ephesians four. We're all different and wired to do this thing together. And I would highly recommend from day one sharing the load. There's um there's an economic challenge with that too, as we mm-hmm. build whatever it is we're building. Um, sometimes to add a teammate, it yep. costs it, it costs money, you it's know, risky. like and a lot of people wait until they have enough income to hire someone. And I think it's, you know, again, it's an art, not a science. Yeah, but yeah. I think sometimes it takes investment up front before you have that to yeah. release so that you can keep the momentum. Keep so the momentum I'm in that going. phase right now. And, and what I have learned to do is say to people who are coming on the team, like, here's where we're at. And we're at a phase where we're taking some risks financially. We believe where we're going, but there are some risks and we're fundraisers. So part of you coming on the team is actually freeing me up to be more of a fundraiser for what we're doing. So we believe that's going to help. But here's the reality is uh, we, we're we in this together and we're coming into this situation and six months from now, one year from now, things could be really different. I can't promise you it's all going to be perfect, but I am going to promise you we're going to stay in good communication about it mm-hmm. uh, so that we don't cause an issue for you. So I don't hire people with a commitment that I'm going to make sure they have a guaranteed paycheck for 10 years. I hire them with a commitment that we're going to stay in good contact and we're going to work together to solve the issues that come up. Right. That's right. And that makes them a full partner. Bingo. You know, in, in um, the vision, yep. not just, not just doing a job to get a paycheck. Yep. They're included in the vision. They are full participants in that. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, you know, that this podcast goes out to a lot of people who are exploring, they might have a fuzzy dream. They might have an idea, might be a little bit afraid. They're hearing all these people talk about and learning principles of entrepreneurship. What would you like to say to them about their dream, about their, the, the idea they've got in their head to make a difference in the world? And they might be a little bit afraid. What would you like to say to them? Yeah, I guess, I guess we're jumping into the 51% right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm in the world of God given dreams and, and I guess this is what I would say from my heart is if this dream is just you, then, then maybe it should be fuzzy and maybe it isn't something you should do. But if this is a God given dream, if he has imprinted something and called you to something, um, then, then he will equip you and move you forward towards it. And, and think about what you're saying. If you go, I'm afraid of discomfort to move forward to something that God has called me to. Hmm. Um, I mean, he, if it's a God-given dream, man, just take a step and see if he takes it, what he leads into for the next and the next and the next. Sometimes we're afraid to, t- to step into it because we see, it's like looking at a syllabus at the beginning of a school year. It's overwhelming to see it all at once. How are we ever going to do that? But if you just take that first step, okay, I, I don't know all the answers, but how will I know what's next or what, clarify that by doing something. And if God's confirming that dream in your heart, every step 
he'll, he'll teach you more. Some by, some by readjustment and some by boosting. And so, yeah, if it's a God-given dream, please don't neglect that uh, because Mm. we need that. The kingdom needs that. And the harvest is plentiful. The workers are few Mm. step up. And, and that's where I'm at. So I don't know if everybody would say it's a God-given dream, but that's the world that I live in. And I just think that is uh, hugely important. So the confirmation of the dream comes by moving forward into it. It's one step at a time. Yeah. Like right? move forward anyway. Yeah. <laughs> how do I actually, right. Like, how do I actually know this is God giving this to me? Yeah. Well, you aren't going to know until you You're not going to know. Yeah. By taking the next step. I always, the phrase I use is like, do something before you do everything. Yeah. You know, um, our friend Gary Roberts used to say, uh, uh, an ancient, ancient Chinese proverb, uh, the way is made by walking in it. Yeah. And so, you know, you're not going to know until you take that experimental, just look at it as an experiment. Yep. Take the next step and see what happens. Yeah. Have a little bit of curiosity and anticipation with it. You yep. don't have to have it all mapped out. In fact, I would encourage you not to map it all out. Yep. Don't look at the ultimate, look at the next. I love that. That's really good. Yeah. Well, brother, um, we could talk for days. We need to get together again soon. I'm looking forward to that whenever that happens. Um, but I want to give you a, a last shot here to tell people how they can get a hold of you. If they want to talk to you yeah. more about what's going on with Link, maybe they yeah. want to support the work you're doing in the Twin Cities. And by the way, guys, he's doing amazing work in the Twin Cities. And it's not him. It's a whole bunch of people doing great things in the Twin Cities. You might want to support Link, or they just want to reach out to you and learn a little bit more about what it means to be an entrepreneur in a kingdom with a kingdom uh, perspective. How can they get a hold of you? Yeah, the simplest way is to shoot an email, bgriffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N, at link, L-I-N-C, dot O-R-G. And what does uh, Link stand for? Uh, link, link, actually... <laughs> It used to stand for something that doesn't really, it just Lutheran interconnected network coalition. Doesn't, that doesn't mean anything to anybody. So it's so, so here's, so here's my, this doesn't mean anything right now, but here's my pitch for what I would love for it to mean is leaders in every community. Um, Because that's really the heart is to raise up people. Now the E is silent there. Leaders. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I get it. Yeah. But the, uh, yeah, but it carries with it that ultimate goal for us to see people raised up everywhere for to reach everyone. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I'm getting off again. I was going to give you the yeah. last word, but then I, I was reminded that Link is more than just in the Twin Cities. Where yeah. else is where is where yeah. else is Link active? Yeah, we're in seven cities across the country right now. So Milwaukee is one, Chicago, uh, Houston, Seattle, Tacoma area. Uh, Bay Area of uh, of California and Southern California, Los Angeles area. Wonderful. I think I think that's everybody. Yeah. Awesome. That's a great movement. Yeah. Of leaders in every community. I love it, man. Yep. Yep. Well, you guys, I'd encourage you to reach out to Ben, and uh, blessings to you, my brother. Uh, Thank you. Keep it up. Keep encouraging entrepreneurs. I'll keep doing the same, and uh, it's going to be really cool to see at the end of our days, how God has used us to help help uh, co-create with our creator movements where kingdom stuff is happening in all kinds of creative ways. Amen. Thank you for That's your amazing. faithfulness, love to your, your bride and to your, your children. All right. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you, brother. Peace.
Hey, fellow dreamer. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Head over to my website, jeffmeyer.org, for all of the show notes and links. And when you're ready to move from overthinking about your dream to actually taking action on it, consider joining the Dream Accelerator community. Our clients are getting crystal clear on their dream with our Dream Generator Vivid Description 5-Step Process. They're discovering the truth about fear and how to use it as fuel to take courageous steps in the right direction. And most importantly, they are walking a clear path forward because they have made an investment in themselves to confidently realize their dreams. The results are so inspiring. Having coaching and companions on the dream journey is crucial. Remember, fear will come, fear will stay. Move forward anyway.